What do you mean by live? Genuine live? Yes. We're broadcasting. Hello, radio! <laughs> good evening, good afternoon, good morning, good night, wherever you are joining us. Thank you for coming back to another episode of The Way We HNC. It, it is myself, Bez, back in the studio once again, and I have actually set up a studio in my home, which I am delighted about. Um, but it could not be just me. So, of course, I am joined by the tiger of Mumbai himself, Mr. Greg Sim, from his hotel room. How are you, sir? I'm very well, thank you very much. And yourself? Oh, I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, how, how, are things, how are things in India? How is our global reach going? Um, you know what? It's probably not so good, actually. They're going into like a proper lockdown here. So it's it's literally like emergency services only. So um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple last couple of days here. Okay, okay. So <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a perfect time if everyone's at home. It sounds like a perfect time to gain an even larger foothold in the in the, in South Asia um, for a Scottish regional flag football based podcast. Oh, absolutely. You know, I mean, literally, that is how we stumbled across. Guernsey flag football. That's true. Was because of our lockdown. Yeah. In the lockdown, I mean, it only makes sense that we yeah. now the, the massive potential of this 1.5 billion populated country. You know, the way we HNC is going to go massive. So sh- very, very shortly. That's true. That is true. Even if we get like 0.1 percent, that's still more people that have ever listened to this show combined. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. So yeah, yeah. I, I suppose. On, on the dark side of it, bad for people here, but great for our viewership. Yeah. Yes, great for that's great for podcast Let's listens. Let's go. And always good to have the Greg Sim News, News Network um, live and reporting around the world. Um, it should also be mentioned to, as a word of thanks for everybody at home that it is, in fact, coming up on 2 a.m. for you. Yeah, 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 5 yeah. to 2, 5 to 2 in the morning. This so is, we- I got up to go and do this. Yeah, well, thank you very much, Greg. Your your uh, presence is always valued. Yeah, I'm I'm really questioning my life choices at this moment in time. Yeah, bet. Um, well, one reason to make everybody question their life choices is that we are also joined by Tom Clark. Um, once again, well, all three of us are back together, and it feels so good. How are you, Tom? He's so excited that he's on <laughs> mute. Um, so we'll unmute him, um, and get Tom back. Oh, what a shambles. Um, nope, no, he's still muted. He's panicked. going to figure out how to work. Here. He's panicked. But yes, I promise you that Tom <clears throat> is here. There he is. Hello. <laughs> the good news is, is that not everyone's heard my giggling for the last like, five minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's even worse. I had to, like, I was going to genuinely ask Greg, like, I had a plan, an idea, just as you were doing the intro. That hurt. That um, the a way we could in- increase our viewership or listenership, or are we going to get to this idea? Are you just going to talk about the fact you had an idea? Oh no, I'm just going to talk about the idea a little bit longer. All right, okay, cool. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> um, yeah. Is, is it an idea? Is it an idea? Is it a concept? Yeah, where are we at? We're along the the, the sort of process here. Is it a concept? I, you know, I mean, it's an idea. Is it could be executable? Okay, that's that's a change. So 
I'm <laughs> <laughs> concept in the fact that I don't know if it actually works, so that's how the analytics work. So it's just you know, I mean, something. don't be incredibly vague here. Can we can we get something? Let's, let's on get this? some moving yeah. along, Tony. Okay. All right, sorry. <laughs> I'm just trying to see if we can make Greg fall asleep. Got things to do. Uh, okay, right. Um, yeah. So, Greg, right, hijack the. I'm assuming in the very fancy hotel you're is there's some sort of like intercom type thing, and then you can set up like a, a wake, morning wake up call for every room in the hotel. That's actually not bad. In, yeah, by, exactly. By, by, by some form of intercom, do you mean such as a telephone yeah well i did say wake no up no call. no even better the pa system the oh. pa system to the entire building is what you want yeah and i mean just technic- technically speaking you don't really get pa systems in hotels uh, I, I don't know what hotels you've been staying at if you get a pa kind of like, you know the one with the metal bars PA being like mr sim please check out what's that going to be about <laughs> Yeah. Final call for passenger sim. Final call <laughs> for passenger sim. <laughs> the plane is leaving without you. Get out of the Irish bar. So yeah, yeah, that's that's a massively. Conf- yeah, I have no idea. I'm gonna I'm gonna put out there that this idea has not been thought through at all. Okay. Well. Okay. There is anyway, that. thanks, Ben, for having me back. Yes. Um, <laughs> decision I presently regret. Um, <laughs> But um, we are also joined by a fourth member for this evening's show. Um, this is one of the most talented and most recognizable um, participants in flag football in the United Kingdom. A man who has appeared on pitches domestically in domestic regular season games, domestic playoff games and domestic finals. He has appeared in European games and games on in major tournaments on European soil. He is not best known as a player. He is the enforcer of our football rules. It is the one, the only Jed Llewellyn Brooks Lewis. Yeah. Ooh. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, fellas. Good evening, all. Good evening. It's quite the, quite the introduction to be given. So uh, hopefully I can live up to it, you know. It's really intimidating, isn't it? Like, he never, he, he always goes through an introduction, like some silly one for me as well. But then for other people, it must just, you hear him droning on about little bits and pieces, and you're kind of thinking like that, going, oh my God, there's so much pressure on me right now. I mean, partly, but then there's also a little arrogant bit of me that's just like, keep talking, Bez, keep talking. Like, yeah, keep, keep going. going. <laughs> you know, yeah, just keep going, keep going. You know? <laughs> and then there's probably another part of your brain that's just like, man, I wish we could have got Drummond. <laughs> <laughs> So I just don't think I'll ever be able to top the central belt cat smuggler. That's the thing. (laughs) um, Yeah, that that it's it's a fact that comes out of nowhere with him as well. Yeah, just plucked out of thin air. So maybe we'll have to get him on retainer. But we're already involved in some legal disputes with Mr. Drummond. Um, So yes, as alluded, Jed, you are probably best known in the flag football scene. as the man to go to when you have questions about rules something like that something like that yeah <laughs> is that possibly the right way to put it that, that's probably you know that that's what i put on the business card you know yeah yeah that's good that's good um big fans of business cards in this in this room um so how did it get come 
how did it come to this sounds like a bit dystopian and a bit kind of like <laughs> you know a bit um uh, you know. at which point did it go really wrong in the end of yeah it's a bit <laughs> it's a bit everything's about to catch fire but um yeah how like how did it have you had a passion for rules in everything I, you've ever done or was this so firstly i feel like this appearance is the end of something of a redemptive arc for me because you know <laughs> i've listened i've listened to the show for, for you know since pretty much since it launched and um, I remember when I put together a flag football survey that uh, my um, <laughs> my knowledge of Scottish geography was um, was quite roundly disputed. So, firstly, I would like to apologise from the deepest recesses of my heart to the good people of Aberdeen and the good people of Scotland because. For my, I mean, all you can describe it as is my ignorance of how, quite how large your nation is. You know, that I, I didn't realize that bit in the middle went on for quite as long as it did. So firstly, <laughs> I would like to say sorry. I now do realize that Aberdeen is quite a long way away from any other city in Scotland. So, you know, just wanted to get that elephant, you know, out the room nice and early. That's all good. And that's, that, <laughs> that distance traveled as much to the uh, chagrin of every other team in Scotland who has to travel to see us as well. Um, <laughs> Ways for sure. Um, the thing I can't wait for is um, until Murray you have to start answering your questionnaires, Jed. <laughs> See, these are places that I don't even. My, um, I was on a call with um, Mike Scott, and I think he mentioned that name. I was like, I don't even know where that is. You know what I mean? <laughs> he was he was just talk, he was talking as though it was quite a long way away, and I'm thinking no, they they yeah. are going to take the crown of the most northerly flag football team in. in I didn't Asset. know you could get more northerly than Aberdeen, really. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. Apparently there's, so. Oh, there's like Oof. six more hours of driving north to get. So, um, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, just wait till the Thurzo Thunder. Yeah, yeah, the Wick, the Wick Warriors, and the... half of these places could be made up for all my knowledge, as I've shown. You know, you could... that would be a good game. That would be a good game. <laughs> real, real, real place or not? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, real or no real? Um... <laughs> but yeah, so um, that out of the way. A little bit about me, I guess, and you know where where this came from and how I ended up. You know, spending my uh, weekends just getting getting shouted at by mildly irritated players and coaches you know i mean <laughs> so um i always loved um i played tackle um football when i was a uh, 16 from 16 till sort of 18 and loved that and at the same time i was also doing a little bit of rugby refereeing because you know I, i'm quite a bookish kind of person i love getting stuck into that sort of fit into like rule book and learning stuff so i'd been doing a little bit of, bit of rugby refereeing alongside the playing of uh, tackle that I was doing. And then I uh, went to university and um, it was my, would have been my first week of university and moved into halls. And there was a, um, the girl who lived on my corridor, who was a figure skater and she was gorgeous. You know, she's a figure skater. She was like amazing. And um, she was like, oh, you should try ice hockey. You should try ice hockey. And there was this foolish part of this 18 year old's brain that thought, yes, that would be great. She'd love it if I tried this. So, uh, you know, I'm like, yeah, I will. I will. I will. So having never skated before in my life, I, I, I'm, oh, I can hardly geez. keep a bike balanced, you know, at the best of times, you know. So ice skating was a whole, whole nother sort of remit. And then, uh, you know, I went along to this uh, taster session. Uh, for ice hockey I put on a set of skates was really excited you know I was really into that and uh, before I'd even had chance to pick up a stick I um, 
you know, this, we were just learning to basically, I was learning to walk on ice, you know, I uh, fell over and I shattered my ankle in five places, ended up in hospital for a week, it had to be pinned back together. And it was, uh, it was quite the disaster, really. So that put pay to any, any aspirations I had really of a, uh, any sort of successful playing career, not that I was any good in the first place. But, um, you know, I still had this love of rules. And I loved the community, and, you know, British American football flag, tackle everything. It's such a amazing thing to be a part of and that's how I ended up officiating was because I wanted to do something that made sure that I was still a part of um, the community so I, I, I you know took up officiating and I've been working flag and tackle since 2011 together and you know here we are 10 years later with you guys talking to me but uh, I don't think she'll be listening to this so she probably won't you know? <laughs> I, would highly, I would highly doubt that she's discovered the way we HNC it so she won't you know, it won't be like uh, anyone will actually realise it's them. And I, cause I don't even think she realises that's the reason that I ended up going to impress her. So. Well, to be honest, I mean, as long as she doesn't live in um, either the Seychelles, Puerto Rico or Vietnam, then we should be pretty good because that's on some of my, uh, <laughs> some of my analytics for last week's episodes. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot more countries on there than I thought. So I'm going <laughs> to... Um, reach we're getting there that's it not none in india though greg step your game up um so <laughs> get on that pa system kidding. um so okay so obviously like the in- the injury was never something that you'd no, planned especially because yeah, 20 yeah, minutes yeah. before taking up ice hockey you hadn't planned to take up ice hockey um so <laughs> <laughs> these sort of things happen you know i'm quite a uh spur of the moment kind of person impulsive kind of person no, and so, yeah. get, i get it that's fine I'm, I'm i'm cool with that you do not have to explain being impulsive to this guy um i know so, i see you like running up mountains backwards with your hand tied behind your back or something uh, i think yeah. you know that, I mean, that was literally I because to... i was bored um so. <laughs> I, I i managed to leave the flat today so you know go me <laughs> yes yes um so you take up a fi- so what's it what's it like so say um someone has an injury and they're like, you know what, I'm not gonna be able to play flag anymore. I'm not gonna be able to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna be able to play anymore. Um, but I wanna follow the you know, the book of yeah. Jed. How 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 is it becoming like a BAFA a referee? Like what yeah, is I mean, the what is the process of that? Because obviously for a lot of people at the moment, especially for myself, yeah. it is self ref and I learn the rules. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think we'll talk a little bit about that and obviously it is quite different um for flag and my my path to flag is perhaps a little atypical in the you know i joined bafra the uh, british american football referees association and i joined that as a tackle referee originally but then almost immediately i got the opportunity to work um sort of youth flag uh you know so this was like 13 year olds 12 year olds up to sort of 16 and it was some of the best experiences in my life because you know these kids are like up to my knee or something you know and it, seeing them like racing around a field and having the absolute sort of time of their lives was something that was so it was so rewarding to be a part of that and you know I, that's how I sort of got my opportunities in flag and then you know whenever there was an opportunity to be on a finals day you know I'd be up there saying you know pick me I want to go and I want to go and do this and then gradually that's what kind of opened up the opportunities for when I went to sort of Europeans and world championships and it just sort of grew and grew from there and it was it was from that first 
first moment that I worked a flag game that I realized I love this sport, you know, and I love the fact that, you know, um, it's so accessible and it's, you know, something that you can just sort of set up with, you know, a few cones or whatever, and you've got yourself, you know, you need 10 people and some cones and you've got yourself a game. And I just love that about flag. And, you know, that's why I wanted to be such a part of it. And it's got such potential to grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's why, you know, stuck with it. And, you know, we are where we are now and the sport's only going to get bigger and, you know, officiating's going to develop as well. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm helping on the BAFA uh, flag commission with is, you know, trying to drive forward that because obviously it is, it's a self-officiated league at the moment and we want to, you know, improve those standards. It's something if you spend even five minutes in a, uh, in the uh, American flag football Facebook group, then, you know, you would, you would find that rules are probably a number one, a number one, uh, ignored well, topic people have you know i mean so i mean i mean let's face it on that facebook group is definitely number two number one always 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 is about refunds <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. the perfect the perfect facebook that. post is is refunds referees <laughs> and schedules like that is <laughs> yeah i was put, gonna say schedules <laughs> if you put all of them in one facebook post that group would crumble into a molten heap of scrap metal and broken dreams and tears and that would just be the worst our lord our lord and savior kyle taylor has arrived though and he's delivered yeah. their schedules so you know all hail basically yeah, the people's the people's commission has come in to write the ship um, save, file save as right yeah <laughs> Yeah, re- rename file 2020, 2021, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, I really hope we can find a way of making a post about scheduling um, or rescheduling cancelled referee courses <laughs> with partial <laughs> refunds. <laughs> so. oh. Well, I guess that was, that was one thing, so... The the refereeing the one day refereeing courses that were um put out before the twenty nineteen season. Twenty nineteen, I think. Was it twenty nineteen? Yeah, twenty eighteen. Might even have been twenty eighteen, I think, that they that I I remember I traveled the length and breadth of the country from all the way up to um all the way up to just outside Edinburgh, all the way yeah, down to Basingstoke in the south. So it was quite a quite a journey those. Yeah, I think it was twenty eighteen. So do do you find do, obviously they were like definitely they were definitely useful like they're like i don't yeah, think anyone's yeah, yeah. gonna argue that there wasn't like a, an increase in standards although there was some the problem i guess the it's a good problem to have but um there was a bit of like oh we really want to go but we can't make it it's too far away and all that kind of logistical stuff but did you find that the the questions that you were asked were they the same in all the different geog- the conferences or did you find that for example the hnc was a bit more like can we just hit someone versus somewhere else? <laughs> um, I mean, you... I think I think broad broadly, it's the same sort of thing you see wherever you are. People will ask the same questions. Whatever year you run these courses on, people always ask the same questions, and those are normally how much can I hit someone? How much can I celebrate after I score? And those are the two that you know, like people want to know how much they can dance. And I'm just like, you know what? as much as you want as long as you're doing it you know not 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 running off with the ball or something but it is everyone is fascinated about how much they can celebrate and you know there's so that you know the rule book is 
like uh you know it's like 80 pages or something and you know this little bit about celebrating is is one line but i'll spend 15 minutes rambling on about how you know some someone asking me about how many pumps they're allowed or like you know for clarity it's two that is official you know and, and the work that i've done you know on developing the rule book i've made sure that's included yeah know? exactly exactly needed, um, needed to be made official you know so just bet- um, bet- between us you know because no one else is listening so just between course, us completely of off the record next time you do the draft of the rule book you should definitely type in like put in like three pump maximum <laughs> and just see how long it takes for like someone proofreading it to pick it up <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I want, I want to know which other conferences are asking about celebrating because, I mean, definitely can't be the NEC because we know they have to play the HNC. Yeah, so they're not going to celebrate anything because they're just going to get crushed by all the Scottish <laughs> yeah. teams. Um, so, um, I mean, I guess the Manchester Crows are probably celebrating the fact that Greg's really far away and can't see their uniforms. So, um, <laughs> I'm wearing red. I'm wearing red. Wearing red for Manchester. Okay. Oddly, a nicer colour red than their jersey. <laughs> I mean, it's not, it's, it's not difficult. <laughs> go, go, to, go to 99% of wardrobes open the door there'll be a better shade of red is that because the 1% of wardrobes belong to the Manchester Crows apparently so yes <laughs> um, oh, oh by the way it was the 27th of January the HNC uh, course in 2018 there you go there you okay. go. Yeah, we've got this time and date now as well yeah. you know? <laughs> well I can tell you because that was the last time I used the referee course group chat <laughs> feels about a decade ago now anyway as yeah well, for right? sure <laughs> um so obviously this year all the um because that was mandatory so you had to have someone yes 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 visit in order to play in the league and stuff obviously this year that can't be a thing um we greg and i had a conversation at the end of the last show about we reckon that the the first thing that comes up in that in the American football chat is going to be like this happened and it was horrendous. The referees are awful. It, um, it might even happen live. You know, there might happen be live. someone. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the sideline and this just happened. Um, <laughs> do you do you like personally? I think that's just something we have to live with and deal with. Like, there's there's literally no other way around it. Um, was there ever any like discussions at your end about like what could be done, like virtual? Um, events or anything like that or so is it just I think you know the discussion and I mean I joined the committee uh, commission excuse me um, I joined in November I think so I'm still okay. quite quite new as a part of that and I think I came that came sort of as a natural thing that you know Kyle uh, and the commission as a whole wanted to push forward the officiating development and they wanted to improve standards and they said you know the best way that we can achieve this is bringing in someone who will be dedicating their time to it and you know that in the last sort of four months or whatever you know I spent that time putting together some initial plans you know moving forwards we want to I think the good thing about this whole um you know sort of lockdown and covid situation whatever it is opened everyone's eyes about how beneficial just doing these sort of things virtually can be and it means that instead of people having to you know like go all this way to you know um you know edinburgh or basingstoke or wherever i was running these courses in 2018 you know we can do these virtually and people can get so much from that as well and you know so, so one of the things that we as a commission are looking at is you know maybe looking at some way of developing e-learning so that people can do this sort of thing at their own pace as well so i think there's a lot of potential there and you know we're starting to work our way through that there's still a huge amount of work to be done but um it's certainly something that we've got plans for and i think you know moving forward it 
from my from my point of view, it's something that should be mandatory because it's and and I don't even you know when I deliver these courses, one of the things that I say to the people that um you know the attendees is that I don't really go into those with the intent of teaching these people to get every call in a game right because you know I've been doing this ten years or whatever and I I still screw up. You know, I mean, and I know when I screw up and it happens, you know, every so often. So that's that's not what I go into them with the intent of doing. The most important thing is that your officials deliver a game safely. You know, I mean, like fairly obviously as well, but like the number one thing for us, and this kind of ties in with something we'll probably talk about later, which is some of the uh, rule changes this year, is about, you know, protecting player safety. And that is number one priority. And if, as long as the people who leave those courses can deliver a game safely they might not get every call right their positioning might not be perfect they might be in, you know slightly off they might miss you know a little tug on a jersey or something like that if they can make sure that that game ends in the safest way possible without any people getting injured i've done my job right you know and that's what i want to come into those and deliver basically cool i've really in- oh sorry no on you, on you go tom I was going to say, I, I really enjoyed on the concept of the e-learning stuff. I really enjoyed the uh, YouTube videos that were, I think, I think it was you that put together. Jed, yeah, uh, yeah. Jed. So that, that's something that um, I've been working on with IFAF and, you know, we've been putting together these series of uh, series of, um, of videos talking a little bit about mechanics and talking a little bit about fouls as well. And the interesting thing with those is that they are aimed as something that whether you're working international games, you know, we're going tournaments or whether you're, you know, a club official who, you know, gets sort of press ganged into it at the last <laughs> minute, as often does happen, you know, in uh, in our league, you know, I think it's aimed that anyone watching those will be able to watch it and at least take one or two things out of it and think, right, yeah, I can look for that or, yeah, I know where to stand or I know yeah. how to move on that or something. I think the really interesting thing was, you know, being able to see some of the uh, the calls that weren't great at, but even being at these like high level tournaments yeah. and involving the best players that you know we have in, in, in the continent and stuff and it was like it was just fascinating um and i think we made a quite a big effort of trying to put it around the group chats and things and make it available to people because um it was really good but no they were they were they were fascinating and, and, and say I, ended, I think i ended up subscribing hoping to see more and more <laughs> they're coming more more and more should be coming as well and you know i think the aim of those is just, you know, as you say, it's it's to show really good stuff, and it's also to show, right, this is, you know, where you perhaps could improve something, you know, going back, and none of that's done with like a intention of being like, oh, look at this, you know, screw up or whatever. It's all done with a sort of very sort of like, you know, sort of development in mind. And you know, as I say, like, I'm not perfect, and I, you know, I, I can sit there and make these videos, and I could pick ones of me being amazing and be like, oh, look how, look how good this unnamed referee is. You know, I mean, he's such, he's so majestic as he walks down the field, you know, but like, it just wouldn't be particularly useful. And in fact, people learn more from those things where there's like minor little errors and they do from just seeing like, you know, exactly precision. This is exactly what you should be doing every time because those are sort of like the mistakes that you almost end up making yourself. Well, you, you say that that like wouldn't be particularly helpful but I've heard a little rumor that you are capable of bringing audiences to their feet with an automatic first down signal. Is that, is that true? <laughs> I, I can, <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny you should ask me about that. It's something that I've always, I, I'm, I'm quite a vocal person. I'm quite a loud person. I'm quite a, a, a sort of, you know, jovial person almost. And it's just something that evolved 
uh, and I always will just do a little clap on first down. You know, I just I just like it's just become part of my routine almost. And the team started picking up on it. And I think the uh, the one that that got me was um, in the European men's European Championship final in 2019 in Israel when I think it was a whole stand joined in on it. And I just thought. Oh no! You know <laughs> yeah. what has started as something that was like a little bit just for me, and is 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 uh, it's a cute little thing that I do, and it helps me, you know, just as part of my routine. Has just turned into something so much, so much bigger unintentionally. You know, I never, I never went into that with like, oh, I want a whole stand for like imitate me, and then I was like, oh no. So there was that little bit, you know, that was like in the back of my head, just thinking, oh dear, oh dear. Oh, we've got well, and thing is now that they're doing it, I've got you can't stop, and, like, as it's, <laughs> and I guess it's second nature as well, so you. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. People think, you know, you deliberately don't, but it's so ingrained in how I announce now, you know, it just is a part of it. So it's just, you know, say for those, say for those special occasions, I think, you know, I mean, the reaction I got um, in Israel was quite, quite different from where in the 2018, I would have been the 2018 World Championships and I worked the women's final between the, um, between the USA and Panama and it was, it was in Panama and flag is huge in Panama really like you see kids playing it in parks it's amazing like going there it, it's like Nirvana for flag you know it's great to see that they're so involved and their women's team is fantastic they were defending champions so this was a big game it was a stadium of about a uh, thousand probably a thousand people watching there which for a flag game is unbelievable and it was a raucous Latin American crowd you can imagine there was like drums it was also it was all those sort of like cliches you think about when you see you know like soccer or whatever being played over there it was just that on a slightly smaller scale and it was the first penalty of the game and it was a it was a legal contact against uh, against Panama and my good friend Clace from Denmark was uh, the field judge and he comes over to me and he says I've got a legal contact and he and I thought yeah all right then <laughs> and I, I said, <laughs> And Cheers, mate. Thanks for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I looked at him and I thought, oh, okay, you know, I mean, like, this will be fun. So I, I started it and I turned on the microphone and I started the announcement. And as soon as my arm went towards the, uh, you know, the Panama side, the booze rained down upon <laughs> me and you you couldn't even hear me, like, you, you, let alone hear the announcement or the clap or anything. You wouldn't hear it over the, the chorus <laughs> of booze that filled this stadium. But it was such, you know, that one, that is one of my, you know, in a, in a funny way, it's one of my favorite flag memories because it was such a great experience being being part of something that was so big in that country. And, you know, that that individual one sticks in my mind in particular. And know, it probably it, feels like a world championships at that point, doesn't it? Yeah, like, exactly. Exactly. Like it's like, like when you watch, you know, like, like what's happening, <laughs> like the Rugby League World Cup, for example, this year is is on in the uk and like hopefully there will be people there and stands to watch it and it'll feel like a properly big tournament and it's one of those things that flag is hopefully building towards and it's cool to see it on like the big stage when there are proper fans um in the building and you know you're in a stadium and there's folk around so alternatively did you ever get to give an automatic first down to Panama because of something the USA did and get cheered for it. <laughs> I, I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> it's all been, you know, it, it's all been sort of like um, focused on that one moment where on I had boot. to announce the penalty against it, you know. But, you know, you, you're completely right, like, and seeing where Flag could be, and that was very, that was my moment where I sort of realised like, this could be something so big and something so amazing, and being a part of this is such, like, you know, a an absolute privilege you know that i get to do this and i get to go you know i went to i went to panama and i went to israel and it was just 
I'm so so lucky to have got these opportunities, you know, that I, that, that um, to travel just for doing a sport that I just absolutely, you know, for the sport that I absolutely love. But that that moment, I think the other moment from that tournament that you know maybe stand there and just think I am so happy to be here. I'm so lucky to be here. There was I did a, I think it was a women's court final and it was Panama again, but they were playing Mexico, so it was very much kind of like a sort of Central American derby. There were quite a lot of Mexicans there as well, so there's probably about 800 people in the stands, and they were fans were going back and forth between each other, and I remember just standing in the middle of the field um just before you know we did the coin toss and i just thought this this is this is perfect you know this is well this is i if i died and went you know like today this would be me happy it was such an amazing thing to be a part of and you know just seeing how flags growing and we've got stuff like the world games next year which is such a massive opportunity for the sport to showcase itself it's absolutely amazing to be involved in it now and you know help helping you know develop the officiating side is you know an absolute privilege yeah, it's, I, it's certainly a lot of exciting, exciting stuff coming up. So I guess Tom is now going to be the person who asks what can we get can we can we get a first can we get an answer? Can we get what my first down announcement, please? Okay. <laughs> if you want if you want to call illegal contact on Aaron Drummond, that would just be <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm gonna I, I don't want to make it personal for anyone. So 98 I'm just Aberdeen Oil Cats. I'm just gonna say on the defense. So we'll go. Pass interference, 23 of the defense, 10-yard penalty from the previous spot, automatic, first down. Oh, yes. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> it even it even feels professionally off, so I've got the, uh, the headset on, so it feels like I'm mic'd up and, you know, it's going round the stadium. <laughs> it is always, it is always, like, quite fun when we get, like, if we are at, you know, like, a flag in New Year, for example, yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had it, and then uh, when we were in... I think when we were in Moscow as well, Greg, the referee was a kitted referee who'd come over to flag and was had then kind of specialised into flag. And it does feel strange because I'm not, I know for me anyway, I'm not used to it, but when like you have a, a referee who does it properly, who like knows yeah. the signals, faces in the right direction, does all of, like I, I find it, like I get a kick out of it because yeah. like that's what happens on the telly. Um, exactly. You know, because and, and to at, be honest... the end, at the end of the day, our, at, like, like someone can tell me that it's a pass interference penalty yeah. and it's on Bez again, or they can, you know, go the whole way through and do the signals yeah. and, and all that kind of stuff. And it, it, it does make you feel like a little bit more like, Oh my God, I better step my game up here because it's like a proper ref. And that's probably disingenuous to like the, for, you know, the, the people that self ref the games and are fantastic at the rules, but, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. and it's not meant that way, but it does feel different when you've got someone in a stripy top. You know, when yeah. Team Zebra come out to play, then you know that like you got you got pick you got you know play by the rules. And I, I think that's something that the conversations that you know I we have as part of the commission. It's about giving it almost like a, you know sort of I say this in heavy inverted commas, but professional feel to it. You know, and like you know if we want to make a product that is marketable to you know i mean and i don't mean in like you know huge national tv deals or anything like that yeah. but even you know taking that first step something like that you know and then the guys who you know sell for free and you can easily just do it and you can just get, walk off a penalty and it's fine and it you know it doesn't affect how that game is played but if you want to create that product having that step further where you've got someone you know uh, who 
announces the penalty and is wearing a stripy top, like little things like that. They add, they add, they add to the overall sort of look of the game, and it might not change it for the participants, but it just adds that extra level of professionalism almost to it, and it makes it that you know something that if someone is just watching from afar who knows nothing about flag football, saw it, they think, all right, those guys are the referees, and that's what they're doing. And you know, I think sometimes you know it can be. Um, the, the referees get a little bit lost and we don't even know who they are, you know, during a game. But then, you know, when you have it, that, that they look like referees. And this is something that, like, you know, I mean, so I'm working with the team in Slovenia, uh, the uh, Ljubljana Frogs, who do a great job on social media. I love them. They're an amazing bunch of guys. And I'm working with them to deliver a series of clinics about officiating. This is a shameless, shameless use of your time. <laughs> Not a self-plug for that, which will be, you know, I'm a big fan of the Frogs graphics, so it's all, it's all good. They, these will be running over the course of June, so tune in and you'll get to hear me talk about all sorts of aspects of flag. But anyway, talking about like the league in Slovenia, like, I was watching some videos from it and it looks like, you know, one of the things that they do is all their referees wear stripy shirts and it sounds like such a small thing. But then when you're watching it on a YouTube video, like, you know, for the, the league's YouTube, it, you immediately tell, oh, like, this looks legit, you know, I mean, like, those are the referees now, that doesn't, uh, you know, it doesn't make their calls any better or any worse, but just from that instant, like, snapshot, if I came across that video, uh, you know, as a, as a someone who knew nothing about it on YouTube, I would instantly think, oh, this looks, you know, professional, there's the referees, there's the teams and all that sort of thing. So I do think it adds something to it, you know. Note to self, I mean, add stripy shirts to podcast store. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, even, like, you see some teams have got it and, you know, I mean, they have, like, a little, just like a stripy bib or something that they put over themselves. And, again, just even little things like And this is, sounds like, so. this is this is one of those tangents that we were talking about, like, where I've gone up about my, my love of someone in a stripy shirt, you know. But, um, you know, I just think it adds something, you know. Yeah. Well, that's what I felt like the Dutch Lions do that at Flag in New Year. They always have like old stripy like goalie shirts that they just pull on between, and they and they they look like they hate it. Like they look like they hate hate putting them on, but they do. It looks and more then like they, a punishment, doesn't and it? And then they come over and they like, yeah, I'm pretty sure like if you if you're if you're shit in the game that you just finished, then you have to go and ref. But, <laughs> but yeah, it looks like it, it's the same way. I mean, like, not not obviously, but when we first had the. Even teams bringing pylons to games, like it's it's just just a bit more exciting, isn't it? You know, it's oh, it looks a little bit more like on TV. So I, I, yeah, stripy shirts and pylons. Nirvana, really, like you know, I mean, like you know, wait, a properly, completely marked field. I see that, and I'm not gonna lie, you know, there's there's a little flutter inside my tummy when I see that, you know, <laughs> that perfectly marked field with everything in the right place, with pylons and cones in, you know, all the right places as well. There's a little bit of me that goes, oh, I like that, you know. The I mean? the the best the best marked field I ever saw was the first year of Division One. And we showed up to a game day um, and everyone who was there will know what I'm talking about. So I don't need to go into it, but the um, pitch had been marked with a distance roller um, for meters rather than yards. Um, And this pitch was vast. I have never seen like, (laughs) I've never seen such a large pitch Um, when, and it was kind of like, the you know the division one you know they're warming up and getting ready and um i was just like this pit, there's something i could not i couldn't place my finger on it and it wasn't until um i think it might have been some of the the um 
the Killer Bees coaches pointed it out and they were like, um, to the home team, your pitch is way too big. <laughs> like, personally, I would, because it was only one pitch that day. Personally, I would just let them play. Um, but all that, all that, sp- all that much space really, really appeals to me. But um, birds of wildebeest grazing in the end zone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, um, was that the same game day as the uh, the like fifty-five minute game? No, that was a different one. That was a different. Um, I actually think that technically it was the same team hosting, but they weren't involved in the second game. Oh, they, no, they were okay. playing, and that was a um, someone handed the um, clock, the game clock. Um, to a player who stopped it on every dead ball <laughs> for the entirety of the first half, <laughs> and it was then like, well, shoot, like, so at halftime, obviously the game was had a full time score, um, and it was then a bit like, well, should we replay the game because it's like out with the rules? <laughs> so I think they just played the second half by the normal rules of the game clock, but the first half had gone on for like an hour. The whole game day was pushed back. The um, what, it did mean, though, was the, what it did mean, though, was a lot of players got to help themselves to the um, Scottish ladies hockey barbecue that was going on on the other side <laughs> of the building. Lots of, lots of free stats there as well with such oh, a long game, you know, people yeah, can really yeah, tap the, in on something the like MVP, that. I think the, uh, yeah, the top scorers and the MVP voting for Division 1 may have been slightly uh, <laughs> impacted by that. Absolutely. I'm pretty sure that was only figured out because the, there was obviously two games going on at once and it was like, the first game was like into the two-minute warning of the second half and they were like, that other game's not even hit. Yeah, someone was yet. like, here, how long is like, right. They were like, yeah. oh, five minutes. I'm like, okay, that's good. We'll get warmed up. And the guy was like, no, 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 we've not had half time yet. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, what? Just full on confusion. The best. The best. I think, I, I think any official who's been doing this, you know, sort of length of time, I've been doing it even probably a little short time, would be lying there if they told you they haven't had a moment when they've looked down at their watch. You know, when they've had a clock and they, they haven't started it or something. And I, you know, I, oh, I've done that personal experience and I've looked down and I've got, oh, and I'm, I'm sort of like working it out in my head. I'm like, oh, <laughs> feels like maybe five minutes ago. So if we take away five from this, yeah, yeah that, that'll be fine. Yeah, I've, I've, re, I've reset the watch with like eight minutes to stop, watch with like eight <laughs> minutes to go and stuff. I've done that a few times. Um, my there's, favorite. Also, there's also times that I've like totally forgotten. Like I'm, I've been on the play clock and like totally forgotten I'm on the play clock. And you look down at it, it's like 30 seconds and the ball snapped and you're like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> okay. Do it now, guys. Do it now. Do it now. <laughs> oh, no, my favourite one is the seven seconds. And it's like, oh, he got away just in time. And it's like, it's like 20 seconds is gone or something like that. And the, referees, like, oh, just... right, the referees that do that are the same ones that give quarterbacks a benefit of the doubt when you're blitzing. Nah, he definitely had it out. <laughs> he did not. The funny, the right. funny thing is... For the Blitzers Union, I'm going to die on this hillside. He did not have it away. <laughs> the funny thing with that seven-second count is often I will um, I'll work flag on a Saturday and I'll work tackle on a Sunday and I'll be working a tackle game on the Sunday and I'll find myself counting and I'm like, <laughs> what am I counting for? Like, you know, and I'll get to five and I'll just shout, five! And, you know, and, and like, the quarterback after will be like, what are you saying? And I'll, such a and I'll, I'll have to make up some you know, like BS reason as to why I'm randomly shouting numbers across the field. You know, I'm like, I was just... I was just telling number five not to do something. Yeah, designated, <laughs> designated receiver. He's a tackle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, to go from the history of your football refereeing and yes, out yeah. into the future, um, we have some brand new rules. Yes, we do. We do. Um, we do. The mercy rule. 
I mean, yeah. is it actually called the Mercy Rule, or are we it's, just calling it the Mercy Rule? I believe. It, I mean, I, I I will get the actual rule book up up in front of us because I believe it might be called. I think the official name for it is the uh, is the running clock rule. Okay. And you know the reason, essentially, what this rule does is it means that in the last two minutes of either half, if the score difference is more than thirty, then it the clock when it would normally stop, you know, on an incomplete pass or an out of bounds or, you know, a first down, it will continue to run now as it would outside of the two minutes. Yeah. And I think the reason this came about is um, you, you know, I've officiated those games. I'm sure you fellas have been, you know, a part of those games as well, where, you know, one team is, is clearly on top and scoring, you know, at will. And especially in that last, you know, in that last two minutes, if they're throwing a lot of deep passes and they're getting a lot of scores, if the other team are going three and out with a couple of incompletions every time, it can really slow down. It slows down scheduling, you know, if you've got multiple games scheduled in a day. And what this rule just allows is, you know, those those games to be ended in a more sort of timely fashion. It means that we're not hanging around for an extra 20 minutes or whatever for a game that is clearly settled, you know, and clearly decided. But um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what the intent was, I think, behind this rule when it was introduced. It was just to sort of speed that up, especially in these sort of like tournaments where you've got, you know, games that are quite tightly scheduled. It can be a situation where one of these games where there's a lot of scores by one team and it's, you know, runs on a long time can just end up screwing everything up and, you know, that sort of side of things. I have a bit of a question just because yeah, yeah. I'm ignorant as anything. Uh, um, we had a, it was a situation. No, I know it's well. It's not really. I've been told too many times, which are my words. Um, a few years ago, oh, well, it must be a few. A few must be like, oh, maybe six, seven years ago, when points difference was like the first tiebreaker. Like we had a situation like that where it was, uh, we had to win by like a hundred points or something to. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so is, does that mean that points difference is taken out of um, tiebreakers I... then? Or I'm is not that in a, a position to comment on that? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, so, from, and this is my personal opinion. What I'm just about to say, this is not related to anything you know, as a commission or anything like that. My personal opinion is that points difference is a crappy tiebreaker, and that a far, far better tiebreaker is points uh, points against, like you know, the points conceded, because that means that you don't incentivize it for those situations that you're sort of talking about, where perhaps a team might have a game, you know, there might, and this happens in a, any division, there'll be your, your cream of the crop and you'll be your teams who are sort of scrapping in the bottom of the table as well. <laughs> yeah, right Sorry, Tom. Sorry. He's done it, Tom. <laughs> no, that was me. That was me. I pressed the wrong button. Sorry. Oh, I was like, no, was sorry. I said that offensive. Ben, you know? I, mean, like, I thought I was offering just like a sort of candid opinion, and I was like, oh, oh he's meeting me. Clearly, he's had enough. You know? No, 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 no. Bafa is always watching. We are all all for <laughs> candid opinions. Um, yeah. So I mean, as I was saying, like I think, um, you know, in my sort of just my personal opinion, points difference is a bit of a crappy tiebreaker because you know as i say if you have these situations where you have one team who's clearly at the sort of top of the table and they're playing someone who's sort of scrapping around at the bottom they know right we need to go into this game and score as many points as possible uh we don't need to ro- we shouldn't be rotating players in you know but if we've got a big squad we just need to keep our best out there and just keep pounding those scores in to you know make make sure that when we get to the end of the season and there might be you know not a lot in it between us and you know someone else at the top that we've got that edge and when you look at 
points conceded as a as a tiebreaker that just incentivizes you to play really tough defense and you know i mean like that doesn't mean that you have to go into these games and say let's rack up as many points as possible let's really rub these people's noses and there, there is an element to this that is you know we're adults and you know we can handle this and you know that sort of thing and i understand if someone makes that argument but at the same time you know we it's it's not really like beneficial like for a developing team and especially say in maybe less so in the prem when there's a bit more consistency in you know the standards of teams but in div one you might have you know a top level div one team and then you have my you might have a team who are brand new and you know really learning and like who learns anything if that brand new team gets thumped 100 nil or something who who benefits from that other than some people getting to really rack up their stat line who got who gets anything from that and you know what we don't want to do is we don't want to be or as i say my opinion is we don't want to be in a position where we're saying to that team go and score as many points on this weaker opposition as possible you know yeah yeah because yeah. like obviously in in points. in scotland we already had that like last year um we had the return of the chargers and and we had charger watch um ongoing um waiting for the chargers to get their their first win and i don't I don't think they were like pounded into the ground um, towards the end of the season or anything like that. Um, I think most teams, but partly through just like a sense of decency, we're kind of like, we're going to just like, you know, we're going to win the game. And I'm sure I'm wrong. I'm sure people will be like, oh, well, you know, they did put like 50 on us or whatever, but I don't, there was none of that like triple digit scoreline or anything like that. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I'd never thought of like the points conceded thing. That's, that's a, yeah, that's quite a good idea. And I guess it also like, you know, if you can pitch a shot out on defense, then definitely that's, that's you know you play defense. That's the dream, isn't it? And that just makes it like sort of like you know it, it means that you, it means that you don't need to and it you know it means that people can rotate a little bit more as well. Maybe less so on defense, but again, it's not as big of a deal. Like you know, I mean, it's not like that's not the bit that hurts as much, is it? Like you know, like. Um, <laughs> on the defensive side of things as it is when you just see those numbers, you know, that scoreboard racking up and racking up and racking up. Yeah. So I guess that's, you know, just that, that, that's my kind of view on it. And it's something that I, th- I, I think it's fine. And you know, a points difference has its place perhaps at those levels where there is more consistency between the teams. But when you are certainly in a position where, where you will have such a varying standards of, le- you know, and varying levels, it can be a little bit problematic, I guess. No, that's cool. cool. Thank you. Cool. So the the other rule, which is getting quite a lot of attention, ah, I know is, what you're talking about. <laughs> um, is the Aaron Drummond rule? Um, sorry, the one about targeting. Um, so what do you? So I listened to the show last week, and you said, "Ah, oh, this targeting rule." And I, what do you think this rule changes? What do you think has changed, and why are you using the word targeting? So I'm using the word targeting because that was the way it was put in a group chat at some point. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> That's your first uh, mistake, but you know, first first mistake. Um, <laughs> and I have since not been able to go back and find the yeah, actual because I have been emailed the rule change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I cannot find it. Um, <laughs> so my my interpretation of it from my memory of what was thrown into a group chat, okay. third is, hand knowledge, is essentially <laughs> that it is a rule to determine intent of contact in a pass interference situation. No, nothing, nothing has changed with regards to that. Okay. So to clarify what has happened there previously, 
there was a rule, um, there was a specific type of legal contact which was called targeting. And that used, that's existed in the rule book for years. You know, I mean, at least since I started officiating, that has been something that has been in the rule book. And all that has happened this year with this targeting rule is that it's been renamed from targeting to aiming. And the reason it's been renamed is because targeting, especially if you're coming from a tackle football background, targeting has a certain meaning and it means it is a football term that people will use. And in the same thing, we've also renamed blocking to shielding. And the reason we've renamed blocking is because when people hear the word blocking, they think that implies contact, like there's got to be some sort of contact there. But blocking it in flag is a non-contact foul so that's why we've renamed it to shielding to move it away from these sort of assumptions that people had and it's the same thing for targeting the rules always existed all that's happened is that targeting has been renamed to something just to differentiate it in sort of I'm going to sound horribly pretentious here, but I'm going to say it's people's football lexicon, you know, I mean, sort of like, just sort of like alter that. And because you know, that targeting is a word that already exists in that. And it just kind of gives people the wrong idea. The more interesting change. And I think the one that people will, probably the biggest change in the rule book this year is that um, illegal contact by the offense now also carries a loss of down. So previously, this was just a 10-yard penalty from the previous spot and you replayed the down. Now that carries a loss of down, which has the potential, you know, to make some huge differences, you know, um, from where we were previously to where we are now. So that's, you know, when, when I heard you guys talking about it last week, I thought, is that kind of what he's referring to? But it turns out that it was something different. But, you know, for me, that's probably the biggest rule that we've changed we've got this year is that what that will mean for, you know, how, how ball carriers play the game. And it will mean that people... You know, receivers will have to be so much more careful after they've made that catch. And, you know, they, they've got to avoid that contact, you know, with those defenders. If that defender's set in front of them, they need to be super, super careful because now that penalty, you know, you're not only like losing your team 10 yards, you're losing your team down essentially as well. So that could have the potential to have some real impact on, you know, how games almost play out. Yeah, that becomes like a huge, like, that's just, that kills a drive, basically. Exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know. Like if you get yeah, if you get, if you're if you're ten yards from the halfway line on third down, catch it over, catch it first down, nah, ten yards loss of down. It's now fourth and yeah. thirty. <laughs> like, Th- third, 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 and third and twenty. Third and twenty. Sorry, more, yeah. Third and twenty yeah. looks a lot more healthy than fourth and twenty. And those, yeah. you know, third and twenty, you can still think, oh, we can, we still got an extra down to play with. We can still do that. Fourth and twenty is very much, you know, sort of back of the playbook. Let's, you know, draw something up to get this, you know. And that's, and one of the things I spoke about earlier was, you know, protecting player safety. And the reason I think this rule probably has been made is firstly just because we want to continually ensure that we are looking after players and from what I've seen of how the rule book has developed, like the defensive side of things has been really, really well worked on and really well developed. So we're in a really good place to know how, um, how to call illegal contact on the defense, what constitutes illegal contact on the defense, how strict we need to be. What's maybe being left behind a little bit is by, you know, those fouls by the offense, because, you know, we, 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 we focus so much on what the defense is doing. And then we forget that, like, you know, they've got a responsibility on the offense as well. And that's kind of why it's been looked at a little bit more. I think the other reason is as well, is that it basically, um, offensive pass interference always had a loss of down as part of it. So there was a kind of a difference between an illegal contact foul by the, the uh, offense and a pass interference foul by the offense. And what this change does is it actually removes that distinction and it makes it easier for the officials because uh, before like um, 
you had to decide, you know, if something something could only be offensive pass interference if the ball was in the air and it hadn't been touched by any other player. That was the only time contact could by the offense could be OPI. Now we don't need to make that distinction. It's the same penalty for both of them. So you don't need yeah. to be thinking, oh, right, you know, had the quarterback thrown the ball yet or was it still in their hand when the contact was made or, you know, that side of thing. So it, it kind of just simplifies things as well. It makes it easier for the, for the officials and anything that does that, I'm happy with you. And if it makes my life easier, then, you know, <laughs> More than happy to support. <laughs> yeah. So like even if yeah, even if the the wording is wrong, yeah. On the call, the outcome is the same. So it doesn't matter as much anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And this this changed uh it would have been probably 2015 or something, um, when the defensive pass interference rules changed because previously DPI used to be like a spot foul, you know, and you'd just go to that. And basically what happened is it changed such that defensive pass interference basically just became a category of illegal contact by the defense. And that's the easiest way to think about like pass interference now for both teams is it's just a form of illegal contact and it has exactly the same uh, penalty and, you know, everything from that side of things as well. So it just, it just makes things easier for the officials. There's less of those like um, judgment calls that they have to make. And if we can remove those times where we have to make judgment calls and it just becomes a matter of fact almost then it becomes easier for the game it becomes less controversial as well i guess i say that you know more than likely not less controversial but you know (laughs) hopefully well let's go let's go down that one on the on the subject of controversy um and i'm not going to get into either of these sports in the way that they you know communicate with referees um you come from a rugby background yes um Personally, that's where I come from. And people occasionally in flag football still laugh at me when I refer to someone as sir, because they're the referee, because that's the way that I always did it. In football, I'm, you refer to the referee generally as something that is not sir. Um, it's often a little bit more distasteful, shall we say, the way that referees in soccer are spoken to, rather not yeah, American yeah. football. Do you find there's a lot of things alphabet. going on? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, you're I'm, in the compa- I'm comparing um, soccer, soccer and rugby, yeah. communication, rugby communication. Do you, which do you find generally in both kid and flag football, the community kind of veers on the side of? I would probably say it's, I mean, so towards the rugby side. I think, you know, having done rugby, the issue with rugby was never the players. It was always the parents, because especially when you work like, you know, kids games, they are, it can be an absolute nightmare, you know, but like, I certainly think, you know, it's maybe it's, it's, I think rugby has a lot of quote unquote traditions and all that sort of stuff. And I, I think a lot of that is like, you know, sort of BS and sort of that stuff around it. Cause like you watch the game of rugby now and you listen to how they talk to referees and they don't talk to referees particularly well, you know, there's some who are better communicators with them than others. And you see the same sort of thing, in uh in football and then obviously in soccer it's kind of completely different and i think there's a i think soccer has some fundamental issues with how those you know how that communication happens but certainly from flag and um you know tackle as well like the way people interact with me is all it's it's predominantly respectful you know i know i think part of it as well is that you know it is quite a small community as well so it's not like it's just some faceless guy that you're yelling at like you know you kind of like i either people i'll officiate both flag and tackle will probably know me and i try to like bring that across as well because i know i know these people as well and i i know how to talk to them and i know you know what they what will upset you know what what's likely to push their buttons almost and that sort of side and what's likely to be able to diffuse situations as well so because i think we are quite lucky in that sense in that you often 
know who you're talking to a little bit and you can kind of work out right this is how this situation how are you can best diffuse it and this is how to best communicate what's happened and you know even if and you know, sometimes the best thing i can do is that and if i especially if i know that this has happened if i know i've screwed up i mean and i i will happily it doesn't happen a lot doesn't happen a lot let's just be clear about that firstly but <laughs> <laughs> if i if i have screwed up i will happily just say you know if i screwed up that's my mistake coach and you know what that being that that, that level of honesty is one of the things that diffuses those flashpoints so quickly because someone will be like you know what yeah fair enough you know what i mean like it's like you know and that, and that kind of thing and that's something i use yeah when i'm working flag you know well, that works from down at the lowest levels all the way up to doing you know a a game in the world championship you know and that that just level of sort of communication and just working it like that just seems to uh, seems to resonate i guess with people yeah it's funny yeah. you say that because that's the only time i've ever got in trouble is when you know I've, I've helped the referee i've been very conscious that i'm only offering positive helpful comments about the rules that they're not calling um and they've disagreed with me um not tennis <laughs> yes i'm <laughs> sure you did it in a friendly and positive light and all you were trying to do was help there mr clark um excuse me if i think you're talking shite um, <laughs> I mean, like, if you if, if players talk, and, and this is obviously me personally, but if I will talk all day and again, like, you know, if, if someone wants to talk to me and they want to do it in the right way, I will happily, like, you know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I mean, like, it's not how I saw it, but, you know, maybe or something like that. And, you know, like, if, if you do it in the right way, um, people will be conducive to listening to you. And, you know, I mean, if you want to talk about, like, working a ref again, you know, sort of thing, if you do it in that right way, that's that's how you get someone to listen to you. It's like, as long as you do it, you know, I mean, for me, again, for me personally, as long as you do it in a respectful way. Now, I might just give you the impression that I'm listening to you sometimes. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, like, and, and, you know, sometimes you'll, sometimes you'll genuinely think, yeah, like, this is something that I need to look at. And sometimes you think, all right, yeah, they're, annoyed that they're getting beaten each play or whatever and they just they want to sound off and they want to make it sound like you know that there's a reason for it happening that isn't the fact that you know the, the other person's better than them or whatever and you know so I, I will listen to that there is no way i am ever going to be like now nah, go away to a player like you know if they, as long as they approach me in the right way i will listen to them all the times but there's different levels of when you think right yeah this is something that i definitely need to watch or right this is maybe something that you know like is i need to be aware of but perhaps isn't as big an issue no. Cool. I mean, yeah, I can I can agree with that. The most heated arguments I've ever seen between referee and player are from two people who know each other very, very, very well, um, and and both have a very good knowledge of the rules. So it's you know when they go at each other, you sometimes think there's maybe a little bit more to it than just that call. Um, so yeah. Um, what have we got next oh the baffa strategy um yes i'll yes. give you the floor for a couple minutes on um there is a brand new baffa strategy on officiating coming out and yeah. we are very lucky in the sense that uh, mr kyle taylor the people's commission has given us the permission to talk about it despite the fact that it is keys to the castle pre-release pre so this is probably the first time ever there is a way we hnc it exclusive um which i believe um greg makes us actual journalists for the international greg with the news network are, are you trying to say that we weren't journalists 
before. I'm just saying. Are you trying, if, to, say that, are you trying to say the news that was not accurate? I'm just trying to say that if anybody <laughs> had their doubts, they now definitely they they have nothing to stand on. Their foundations are made of sand. I'll let you away with it this time. This is the most legitimate we've ever been with anything to do with Greg and the News Network. Certainly more accurate than any of Tom's predictions over the years. <laughs> that is true. Um, so the the one th- the couple of things that interest interested me, Jed, and we will stick to generalizations here, are number one, um, getting a zebra on every field. Um, have you looked into the locations of various zoos? <laughs> Very droll. <laughs> I saw Greg go down early and he knew where I was going with it. So I oh, yeah, oh god. Just you know, um as soon as I heard the word literal, I was like, oh dear. There is there is oh, the dear. there is the um there is the Blair Drum and Safari Park, which is near <laughs> Glasgow, so I guess we could work something out with that. Um but no, um the the suggestion of kind of accessible officiating yeah. um, and there being a pathway for some for people in the flag community that would take an interest in that yeah. um, is is fascinating and the, specifically there's a section here um, a recently commissioned survey of the flag football community showed 81% of respondents um, strongly agree or agree that it's important for games to be covered by suitably qualified officials yeah um, pretty much a landslide Um Pretty much. Was, Although was, this survey was roundly panned on the way we HNC it for its knowledge of Scottish geography, so it might all be rubbish. You know? it, it was, it was. But if we, if there was a question, if the, I, I do notice that the um, distance that people are willing to travel, um, responses do not seem to be on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Point well made. <laughs> do not yeah, seem to have made it onto this. Um, the yeah. So um, what we spoke about, you know, we spoke about this yeah, before you came on that. Um, I don't know who that 19% are, um, yeah. but you know they probably came from Outlaw or something. Um, and then the other part was the um, 38% believe that the one-day course is, is, um, is not enough, um, which I thought was a little bit low, actually. I think, I mean, I guess if you were saying that it was, I don't know what the response rate was, but... Um, the one day courses are great, but it definitely shows that there's like a hunger for more yeah, people sure. to, to get involved, especially with the final bit being 89% of people of the opinion that there should be a clear route in place. Yeah, definitely. For officials. So is that basically what the foundation of the strategy for the future is? 100. You've hit the nail on the head there, you know, where we went to go, want to go with this and the discussions we've had as a commission is that there needs to be a, 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 sort of framework and as it's called it you know as you said a pathway uh, so that people know how to develop and you know though as i i have always been of the opinion that those one day courses and this is similar to something that we spoke about earlier those one day courses should have you in a position that you can deliver a game safely at the end of it you know that like it might that that is about the extent of what i think can be achieved in a one day you know six hour whatever course is that you can get people to a position where they can get a game such that you know Hopefully no one gets hurt at the end of it. What we want to do and, you know, the work that we kind of be doing with stuff like e-learning as well, is we want to make an accessible way for people who want to expand their knowledge. And as we continue, we will continue to be, you know, a 
self-officiate sport probably for you know quite a long time just because there is such a shortage of officials across all sports and you know we want there for those people who are members of teams who think right i do quite naturally enjoy the refereeing side of things i'd like to learn more how do i do that oh there's a framework i can progress through to develop those skills and further refine them and i guess that's something that you know really is the sort of crux of this strategy is giving those people the tools such that they can further develop those skills yeah because i guess at, at the moment the un, like um, and you'll correct me if i'm wrong the there is obviously there's no flag rules certification that currently exists um other than attending one of the courses yeah so i, I think i think there hasn't been <clears throat> excuse me other than you know we did those courses and they were made mandatory there isn't there isn't that level of accessibility to the flag rules and you know it's clear by the sort of survey work that i did and you know those sort of responses there's definitely a hunger for having something there and having something a bit more formal i mean i, I think i i would love us to be in a position and it's not necessarily you know next year or the year after that we're thinking quite long term with this in that you know people have like a level of qualifications and when you get to your game day you have to have at least like one like i don't know like level two uh, referee on there and it has to be at least like you know the rest have to at least have their level one and you can you could even get to a point where you have like you know something like attached to like a roster or something to indicate what that person is you know these are all kind of like you know that's kind of where i want it in that you know we have like something because at the moment the way those games get officiated, it could be anyone. You could have just dragged someone, like you know, someone walking past the looks. It's just, hey, you know, what do you want to have a go? You know, like and stuck out, giving them whistles, stuck a, you know, stuck them on the field. And we want there to be something in place that's a little bit more formal, so that we can really kind of um, monitor standards as well. Because I guess my overall, you know, aim in my role, you know, on the commission is just improving those standards. I want just those games to be better officiated, better officiated, better officiated, and just keep driving that forwards. And I think this is the vehicle by which we can sort of drive that forwards. Cool. Well, well, oh, Tom? No, I was just going to say, if you look at um, how quickly the quality of pitches and facilities improved, um, you know, with the, the kind of focus being brought to them, um, you know, it got to be quite good to or quite easy to foresee um you know the level of refereeing we kind of improving as well and um i think as, as someone that came to one of those those courses in, in, in 2018 i think i kind of can understand where i think that that 38 percent is coming from and the fact that i mean we're a bit spoiled in the hnc i think you know we've got guys that have been playing 10 15 possibly more <laughs> years uh, um, we got guys that have been playing all the way through youth levels and yeah. you know it, it's it's quite especially in the prem anyway the agency it, it, it's quite a a knowledge and experience level ingrained in all the teams yeah. um, so us attending a single day course probably does with you know. D1 teams at the same time or I think it was the first year of D1 it, it kind of it was hard to see where the balance was. Yeah, exactly. And 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 speaking as you know, someone who delivers those courses, it's it's difficult for those because I'm very aware that when I deliver one of those one day courses, there are people in this room who've, yeah, uh, you know, in the room probably who've been playing flag as long as I've been officiated. You know, there's I, I there's sometimes there's people who might have been involved with the sport since I was like ten or something. You know, and it is like you know, see the age of some of these players. You know, they get into so like it's it's I'm 
very aware of the fact that these people have been there and done that. And whereas, you know, when you're speaking to people who are like, you know, we're a brand new team and we need to learn the, you know, the real basics as well and tailoring it such that you can deliver something that those teams who are brand new can take something from this, something actionable, and it doesn't all go, you know, right over their heads. And also, you know, those guys who've been around the sport for ages, they need something from it as well. And it is really, really difficult to do that with a one size fits all course you know one day course and that's kind of why we want to be able to make that next step so that we're having these sort of levels of it so that we're in a position that um you know those people who've been around the sport a long time are actually getting something a bit more beneficial because you know those guys you know they know they know the well they think they know the rules you know (laughs) they've been around the sport long enough to understand sort of what's going on so you can talk about sort of more sophisticated concepts with them without it kind of being like oh like what's going on like what are you talking about like we've just learned how to snap the ball sort of thing you know (laughs) No, no, that's cool. I, I'm say I'm, yeah. When you see, like I say, you see how quickly f- facilities improved and exactly. and things, and and same same with the refereeing. And I definitely know you definitely notice an an improvement just because people were being told you've been graded on it. You know, I think we did it one year. It was a uh, mm. you could say a referee was good or bad. You know, it was the crew, wasn't it? I think, and that yeah. was the it was the year of the mixed crews as well. That was such a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's something that we want to, you know, develop as well. And that I'm, I'm always a little bit conscious about just like because re- it requires a certain amount of honesty from teams because naturally there are certain situations where you might lose a game on a contentious judgment call. You know, there might be like a pass at the back of the end zone and you're obviously going to think as a losing team, I oh, know his foot was on the line 100%. And then the winning team are going to be like, no, nah, no, nah, definitely his foot was in. <laughs> and like there is, you have to rely a certain amount on a team to be able to take that sort of circumspect view and understand, all right, like obviously there are going to be these, 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 these judgment calls where we're going to think one thing and they're going to think mm-hmm. the other thing. But like, you know, we need to be able to, you know, take those out of the equation and say, actually, that crew as a whole were quite good. So there is, you know, I think it's really good, like giving, you know, giving that team the option to grade, grade, grade a cruise. But also you need to almost take it with a pinch of salt as well and understand that this is not the be all and end all. Because sometimes there will be teams that will just think we lost and we lost because of the rest, you know, I mean, and that, that yeah. does happen, you know, I mean, like, it's one of the facts of, facts of life sort of thing. So it's something that certainly we want to be a part of how this develops and, you know, grading it, but then, I guess it's also something that we also need to be aware of that there is that element to it as well. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, okay. Well, I only have one final question. Um, Shoot. So I'm going to put the floor over to Greg or Tom, if they have anything else to ask um, or forever hold their peace. Um, Greg uh, thoughtful. No, that's not. I mean, I'm glad you think it's a thoughtful look, but it's genuine panic. Um, that, I mean, that's that's one of my favorite looks that you have. So <laughs> it was literally, I was looking over at a notebook, um, but no, there's nothing on there other than some other work that I'm, I'm kind of doing. It, so I don't know why I even looked at it. But I yeah, honestly thought panic. you were going to just say that you'd looked at a notebook and there was nothing on there and then just end the sentence. <laughs> um, I was quite looking um, forward to that. Um, it, it might it, it, it probably should be okay just well, anyway but um no i have no further questions your honor okay um, well in that case uh jed the the final question of the show i have for you what is as follows at 13 minutes past eight 
on the 26th of March, you said on Facebook that if Scotland <laughs> do you a favour, you might start liking haggis. So my question to you is, have you had a haggis sandwich since? Funnily then? enough, I did. I stuck to my guns <laughs> and the morning after i went and got some and i thought you know what this is going on this go it wasn't a sandwich it was with a fried breakfast because this has to be done because your boys did us a hell of a favor and you know that's another reason i am eternally grateful you know the scottish nation has forgiven me for my faux pas with the uh with the geography and you've repaid me now with glorious rugby wins so i am very very happy to say that i am on board the haggis hype train. There we go. Well, there we go. Well, what a high point to, to finish on. Um, so, um, yes, thank you very much for coming on. Um, I'm sure that we'll, you know, uh, hopefully our Seychelles listeners will enjoy it. Um, and hopefully everyone else will too. Um, Greg looks like he really, really needs his bed because it's now pushing three in the morning. Um, Four? Ten, ten, ten past three in the morning ten and I just three. realized that I'm up in less than three hours now. So oh, what's the point in going it's to sleep just, then? Um yeah. just chuck Netflix just, on. Yeah, just power, power through. Exactly. Exactly. It's only submarines. Um so <laughs> yes, so well in that case we'll let Greg get off to bed. So it is goodbye from Greg. <laughs> good night. It is good night from Tom. Good night. It is good night from Jed. Good night, fellas. Thank you for having me is good night from me thank you this has been the way we hnc it good night remember that you can be sure to never miss an episode of the way we hnc it by subscribing on whatever platform you listen on and ensuring that you leave us a couple of stars as a review Um, To be honest, we're not entirely sure what that does, but if you enjoy the show, give us some decent stars and tell your friends, and if you don't enjoy the show, then feel completely free to tell nobody about it. You tried, you didn't like it, but hey, at least you tried, and at least we got here. And to be honest, you must have liked it a little bit, because here at the end of the show, you're still listening. Speak soon, everyone. Have a great week.